Would you like more return and tangible results from your marketing efforts without long-term contracts? Do you want people who are actually interested in your products and services to find you easily? WSI has developed in-depth knowledge and an extensive network of industry thought leaders that know your company's goals and objectives are unique. When you work with us, you not only gain the local expertise of your WSI expert, but we help you develop a strategy based on the digital experience of our global network. Work with a company that understands your business and provides real results. Find us at WSIWorld.com or call 800-985-9567. Again, that's 800-985-9567. WSI, we simplify the internet. Welcome to Digital Connections, where we bring in expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams. This show is for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five. One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson, a business owner and digital marketer. On my way here, I have found amazing resources that have helped me grow my business, and they can help your business thrive too. Everyone needs a friend in digital marketing because digital marketing is about connecting people. So my friends, today we are talking about the multitude of benefits in mentorship and in becoming a mentor. So when your company includes mentoring as part of their culture, the statistics show that your employees are far more likely to invest in their own personal and professional growth. Additionally, you enhance the leadership and coaching skills on your management team. You improve staff morale, performance, and motivation. And amazingly, it's also an indicator of how likely a company is to engage and retain staff. There is an old saying that those that can't do teach. I would say that this is one of those major falsehoods in life. It has certainly become evident to me that when you teach something, you become really good at it. It gives you unexpected confidence to do what you're teaching. In fact, that is exactly the kind of benefit that individuals get from mentoring. And as most of our listeners know, part of the purpose of this show is to find opportunities for our listeners to experience the kind of growth that we talk about on the show. To that end, today I have invited two guests to tell us about one such opportunity called Global Mentorship Initiative, or GMI. So GMI is a nonprofit organization that helps helps provide guidance and business skills to underserved college students through online mentorship. GMI was created from the Rockefeller Foundation's Digital Digital Jobs Initiative. It helps prepare students for their first career job using a training model that makes it easy for to be a great mentor without a without a significant time commitment. 
So GMI partners with universities in 22 locations around the world. Their mentorship program includes 14 structured one-hour online sessions designed to provide real value to students as they prepare for their job search. And my guests today are both GMI executive leaders. First, we have Chad Fuller, who is the Chief Operating Officer leading the mentorship programs, mentor-student recruitment, and partner relationships. And we're also joined by John Browning, who is the CEO, board chair, and co-creator of GMI. I will also mention that John and I go way back to Microsoft some many years ago. So John and Chad, welcome. It is great to have you on the show. Thanks, Nancy. It's just great to it's great to see you again. <laughs> yeah. And great Chad, to be here. Thanks, Nancy. Yeah. So, John, let's start with your journey at Microsoft. I know that during our time there together, you were passionate about helping underserved communities. In fact, um, that's how you and I originally got to work directly with each other because we both volunteered for um, a responsible sourcing initiative, which um, actually helped to develop community technology centers around the world. So how did your time at Microsoft actually help inspire your work or did it help inspire your work um, at Global Mentorship Initiative? Yeah, so that, you know, the con community technology centers uh, was probably something that spurred me on to, to other things. And I, I remember in that program, we reached thousands of people with the uh, providing them with com computer skills, digital technology skills to enable them to get jobs and, and uh, a lot of different places in the country. So that was probably the first uh, uh, taste of this that I had, but but um, my my work at Microsoft goes all the way back to 1990, uh, and my first job there out of college was uh, installing telephones of all things uh, for product support. And so, <laughs> and at the time there was just 5,000 people I think in the whole company. So it's it's changed quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> then. Um, but but I'll tell you how how GMI got started. You'd mentioned uh, the work with the Rockefeller Foundation and. Just by pure luck, uh, I was introduced uh, to somebody at Rockefeller in, in 2013 when, when uh, we were working together uh, and, uh, and they had uh, just started up the digital jobs initiative, starting with six nations in Africa. And that program uh, spawned the impact sourcing trends that we see now mm -hmm. in a lot of industries. And, and uh, you know, we started in, in these countries in Africa to create job opportunities for young people, mostly young college graduates, uh, and to encourage companies to bring jobs to higher unemployment uh, places. And it expanded eventually uh, outside of Africa and uh, is now all over the world. In fact, there's quite a bit of impact sourcing that goes on in the United States right now with some very large companies. Uh, but how GMI got started, uh, well, long story short on the digital jobs initiative, uh, I ended up leaving Microsoft, as you know, in 2014, and, and then went to work full-time partnering with the Rockefeller Foundation on their uh, initiative, uh, all the way up until it concluded in 2018. But GMI got started uh, because, uh, and I remember the, the day in 2017, we were working with job recruiters in South Africa, and they said, you know, it's great that you're creating, helping companies to create these jobs for young people. But unfortunately, they said, you should know that this, the targeted students you hope to be getting these jobs are not always the ones that actually get the jobs. Mm. Uh, and then when we dug into this a little bit, we found that this is because 
many of them haven't had the same opportunities as more privileged students. Uh, for example, just having a computer at home with internet access or having a parent that worked in a corporate world uh, job that you know sometimes can lead to connections or extra support for landing a job. And, and so as a result, as we were creating some jobs in these areas, they weren't always going to these students that we wanted most to benefit from them. Uh, and a lot of times it was because of soft skills and the uh, inability to, to compete uh, at that level. So we launched Global Mentorship Initiative and, and so far the results have, have just been fantastic. You know, we're, we're a nonprofit 501c3 company uh, with a very structured, scalable mentorship program. Uh, and it's just kind of taken off from there. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm curious now, did both of you have both of you had mentors in the past at I know Chad, you're HP and uh, John, you're you're Microsoft, correct? Yes, absolutely. So I'll jump in, John. So I spent 32 years at HP uh, and it was an absolute fabulous career. Uh, I look back and it was by chance that I was able to get into that uh, company going to school at Boise State University. I was able, I found a little flyer on a bulletin board, didn't even know what an HP was at that point. But long story short, as I, I went out there and applied for an internship and landed it and then ended up getting hired full time right before I graduated. And throughout my entire career, I gotta tell you, I had numerous mentors, uh, uh, about two or three that were very formal um, leadership type programs. Um, but my most impactful mentors came from those informal relationships that I had. And I can remember one specifically uh, with the vice president of our global customer support organization. And just the things that I remember about her, she was just so genuinely interested in helping me develop my management skills and, and help launching my career. And it wasn't it, it never came off as, oh my gosh, she has to do this because it's a checkbox on her own uh, to-do list uh, for, for management development. And one of the, you know, she gave me all kinds of advice, but I'll never forget, um, it was with my very first management position there, I was having trouble making decisions, just, and, and specifically some forecasting decision. I was so afraid I was going to do something that was wrong and then the whole company was going to pay this huge price for my mistakes. <laughs> and, and so she, she recognized right out of the shoot that I was having trouble with that. And she gave me a piece of advice that sticks with me today. She said, Chad, the vast majority of everyone out there that you're working with, they're just looking for a confident decision that they can get behind. And so if you make that decision, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, if you can stand up and make it with confidence, 95% of the team's gonna rally behind you and you can adjust as you need by that, um, but people are just looking for a leader. And that has stuck with me today. It really hasn't. And it's part of what we do in global mentorship is we're preparing these kids for their future career. And they have to be confident in what they're doing. They have to be confident in their ability to do it and they have to be competent to be competitive. And so as we go through uh, this mentorship program with them, we really spend a lot of time on, um, on that one principle. And I share that experience with all of the students that I mentor. That is awesome. I, I was actually going to be one of my next questions because I'm interested in how mentorship actually impacts the students in the program. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so 
John, feel free to jump in here as well, but let me start with that one. Um, you know, so as I mentioned, we're, we're not necessarily teaching these students, um, you know, the hard skills that they need to do their job. We're teaching them how to be successful in any career field that they that that they choose, and so part of it is preparing for that first job. And there's some great uh, life skills that we'll we'll teach them on that. But if if you really kind of take a step back, what we're doing is saying this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's just launching your career, and all of these things that we're going to be teaching you really are going. If you can embrace them and work hard. And, and try and learn from some of the things that we've gone through as mentors uh, or as business professionals through our mentorship, um, you'll be able to achieve your career dreams as well. So, you know, our mentors are showing them how to show confidence in their abilities, right? And it's not all, all the time, just like myself, when I was starting out, I didn't have full confidence in what I could do, but I learned the art of, of showing confidence and then, you know, gaining gaining that with the people that I, that were surrounded by me. And so some of the key content things that we will teach them that, that will be really impactful is we talk to them about a, how important a professional business network is, right? You talked about, you know, the job market right now is really tough. And, you know, a lot of times it's not exactly what you know, but it's who, you know, I, I actually believe it's both of those, but it's who, you know, that will ultimately open a door that will lead to an opportunity for you. And then it's what you know that will give you, you know, that, you know, your success in those areas. Um, creating a career plan. Oh, it's so important to do that, you know, without a, without a roadmap of where you want to go, how are you going to get there? I mean, today, all of us are so, you know, uh, dependent on Siri and, and Google Maps and all of those things, you know, we just plug in something. Well, so you don't really have that with, uh, with where you want to go with your career. So we teach them and we, and we have a method that we use uh, called SMART goals, how to create a career plan, where you want to be when you graduate, where do you want to be six months down the road, one year down the road, five years down the road. And they put milestones in place so they can track their progress. And I always say, you got to celebrate successes. So even if it's a small success, celebrate it. And that's part of that step on your career plan. Ultimately, you'll be able to get to where you want to go. Mm. And lots of other, I mean, we talk about building resumes and how to get noticed. We give interview training um, to be very confident in your interviews, but also to be able to identify just exactly what that interviewer is asking you and know ahead of time the answer that you're going to give them, not necessarily word for word, I'm going to you know, recite this and talk about it, but knowing that knowing what's behind that question, so mm-hmm. you, fully, you fully answer it. You give what that interviewer is wanting to hear. And, and so we teach them a method called STAR on how to exactly do that. Uh, and so there are tons of different things in our content that we have, but uh, those are some really key things that I think if students will embrace them and learn, uh, you know, through our own experiences and through the exercises and, and uh, tools that we give them through this mentorship program, um, there are things that will stay with them for their entire life and it'll be very impactful. That is great. I love that. Just love that. So 
Uh, one of the things I've noticed is that uh, this initiative is actually taken off really quickly, um, or at least it seems like it to me. Um, so, John, do you have a, a, a do you why why is this? What's yeah. what's going on? I think it surprised even us uh, <laughs> how fast. But we uh, in the last year alone, we have over fourteen hundred people that have joined the program. So <laughs> about an equal number of mentors and students. And we, we're only limited right now by getting enough students and, and we're signing uh, an additional college about once a month right now uh, because mentors just seem to want to jump into this program and companies. And, and so I think, you know, there's a couple of things that might separate this from uh, a, a less structured mentorship program. And when we, when we started off, we wanted it to be different. Uh, we wanted to focus very specifically on one uh, huge gap when it comes to employing youth around the world, uh, and that is working with underserved students who, who may not get the same opportunities as, as, the, as the other more traditional students. We, we try to make it, it's a very structured program in that as a mentor, you always know what you're supposed to be doing and how you're going to do it. Uh, and it's and it's not a long term commitment. I, I think that's one of the things that's really made it appealing to people that want to be mentors is it's they know that it's 14 one hour sessions, usually once a week. And uh, and then finally, the student materials, uh, you know, students are going to school, they're taking on a mentorship, they might have a part time job to help make ends meet. And so we wanted, uh, we, we don't want to waste the time of the mentor or the student. So we have very summarized materials. This is exactly what you need to take out of today's session. You know, each session has this uh, and, and it's very focused on actions that the student takes to, to achieve these results. And, and so I think that's part of the things that makes it uh, much more scalable maybe than the average mm. mentorship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think John sometimes understates that a little bit. <laughs> I came on board after some of that curriculum was already created, and I can't tell you how many times mentors are nervous about the program. We convince them they can do it, and then we read the post-mentorship surveys that say, I can't believe how easy this was. I, you know, I, everything was laid out with uh, uh, this great outline, um, even emails that you need to send to your student are already pre-written for you. So mm. you cut and paste and send them. And, uh, and so, you know, hats off to John for having, you know, thinking through that because that that's an operational piece that if it's difficult to be a mentor, we're not going to be able to get repeat mentors and they're not going to refer their friends. And right now, as John said, we're getting mentors every single day because they've heard how easy our program is. Well, the other thing is about 75% of the mentors that, have a mentorship sign up immediately to take on another one after the first so that's um, a good sign too that's a very good sign <laughs> but i i will say i mean I, I in mentoring myself um previously i mean i've, I've gotten heart palpitations trying to come up oh, with yeah. what am i gonna help this person with you know yeah. so um i i think that's wonderful to have that for them uh it's what, just great you know i have to admit when i was a mentor a couple of times at microsoft i was a terrible mentor and, and one of the reasons was is because I didn't uh, I didn't have a, a structure 
I, I didn't know what I was supposed to focus on. And so we, mm-hmm. we, we make it very clear what the mentor is supposed to do. And so they, they guide their student more than anything. And then, and then most importantly, share their real world experiences. You know, students want to know the, the worst job interview you've ever had and what it's like to go through three, three uh, reorganizations in a, in a year, like we do at Microsoft sometimes. Mm. And all those things just add perspective for a student. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine that networking is part of this as well, right? I mean, it probably teaches your students how to network because they're networking in essence with their mentor um, and their mentor is helping to build their network as well, um, having this mentee, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is actually one of the most important lessons of the whole mentorship. And so I'm glad you you asked that question that way. Uh, it's it's uh, um, it's it's about creating a network, not just for the, your immediate job prospects, but these these this network is going to bring you job prospects five and ten years down the road that you don't even know about yet, and mm-hmm. and so we do focus a, quite a bit on creating the right LinkedIn profiles. Chad said using the right keywords and skill sets to be found by recruiters, but then targeting. Uh, business connections at companies where you want to work and mm-hmm. making those connections. And, and we give our students, we actually give them 10 different templates for making a connection on LinkedIn, depending on how they may or may not know somebody, how they might have somebody in common. And and because when you add a personal note to your connection, you're much more likely to have that accepted. And, and so uh, I think, uh, you know, and Chad, please jump in there. But I think that the networking and for a long-term career is one of the most important things students learn. Absolutely, you know, uh, we, we've got tons of statistics about what works and what doesn't work and stuff. And one of them I'll throw out here, so we're talking about professional networks. Uh, when we when we talk about LinkedIn with uh, our students, LinkedIn is our platform of choice because 94% of job recruiters, that, that statistics out there on, on uh, data collected, will use LinkedIn to not only find candidates, but review job candidates before they will ever make a job offer or ever make an uh, an offer to interview them. So they're looking at their LinkedIn profile. And um, what we teach them is that's great. You You need to have something that's attractive there. But if we can build that the next level with them, where as an example, if you're an accounting student, um, and you're looking for specific types of jobs, go out and take a look at job rec- uh, recs that are out there posted and see the, the types of keywords that exist in those in those job requisitions. Pull those out and make sure that you are, you know, literally littering them across your profile. So all of your skills, all of your experiences, your, uh, your education, Um, find areas where you can put those keywords that are in there. And if you do that, and we have proof because we created a fictitious LinkedIn profile to prove to our students it works, you will get offers from job recruiters and hiring managers almost on a weekly basis asking if you're interested in opportunities from their company. And so it's, it it is, it's just actually, it's so important, um, you know, to not only be out there actively searching yourself, but let your tools do some of the work for you. Mm. 
Well, and I think you guys just uh, accidentally gave great digital marketing tips too, because <laughs> that's what we suggest when we talk about, you know, LinkedIn as a tool um, for improving your search engine optimization. And it's basically a free way to get your name out there, to get, mm -hmm. um, you know, those things that you want to be associated with who you are. You know, it's such a great tool for that. So uh, thank you for the uh, additional digital marketing tips. <laughs> Um, so, uh, well, along those lines then, so Chad, what do you think the most important less lessons are that you want students to walk away with from the program? Oh man, so many of them, um, you know, and I think we've kind of hit the professional networking uh, piece quite a bit. That's so important, but I got to tell you, if, if there was one single thing that I would tell students, and I do this with my own mentorship is is just carry yourself with confidence. And sometimes that means um, getting setting yourself out there a little bit, it, even if they're in areas where you don't 100% uh, know the content mm. or you know feel like you can make those decisions. It's you know just put something out there and go in that direction. Uh, another uh, tip that this great mentor of mine had was launch and steer right? Don't sit there and wait forever to get going on something. Because if you do thinking that you're going to get that little bit of data, that's going to help <laughs> you with the decision, you'll never go. So launch and steer. And I, and I love that. I love that visual because that's exactly what you're doing is you're getting started. And if you need yeah. to go left a little bit, you can, if you need to stop for a little bit, you can, but it's really just, uh, just getting started is that that's probably one of those key things that I would uh, that I want to tell my students. Yeah, and I, I just I would just add as well. We, we try to to help students be prepared. So be prepared for a job interview. Anticipate the questions, and because when you're prepared, that leads to self confidence, and then you uh, project yourself in a better way. Uh, at the same time, we want them to be focused on self awareness understanding the the soft skills that they're not so good at yet but that they're going to need in the workplace and then work on developing them so um it because all of this leads and, and here's the key point if you're if you're looking for a job or when it comes to being an entrepreneur or having a a, a business and you know i've done quite a bit of consulting work as well and and when you're a consultant you're one of a lot of consultants <laughs> and the key is how do you differentiate yourself and so when we're talking to our students and they're going into a job interview, it's how are they different from the 30 other people that applied for that job and the five others that are being interviewed? Because that makes that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And being able to think about that beforehand uh, is so vital. I, I yeah, I completely agree. So I know a lot of people listening to our show, they know what the realities are of the current job market because, you know, in fact, many of them opted and had the resources to start their own business because they were impacted simply by that fact, right? So it, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it is tough for anyone uh, looking for employment right now. So um, do you guys have some tips uh, that you have for your students that are going through the program that help them with their job search specifically? Yeah, absolutely. let me take that one. So I would, I would tell them that make sure the tools that we are sharing with you, the sources that you have available, and all those connections that you're making, 
that make sure they're working for you time, right? So uh, it's it's that's a, a great way to take your own personal time and exponentially increase it, right? If you have connections out there looking for you and your profile is so awesome that you do get these opportunities that come in. And so with that engine going for you, the very next thing you need to understand is um, when you when you do get an opportunity to interview for a position, you need to be um, you need to treat that position like it's the most important position in the world. Mm. It's just like my, my wife used to uh, to uh, wait tables and stuff. And she said that, you know, she would have 15 customers at a time or different tables at a time. And she said, every time I stopped at a table, I made them feel like they were the most important table in the restaurant. You absolutely have to do that. And so how this relates to interviewing is you take this wonderful generic resume that you've created about yourself, you completely tailor it to the job that you're applying for. You do a little research on that company. You might even do some name dropping if you find, if you have some connections that work <laughs> there. But you have to be very specific and deliberate about that particular job. And if you don't think you can give it your hundred percent through the interview, don't don't interview for it. Mm. Either wait till you're ready, or maybe that's not the job that you really really want if you're not ready for it. Mm. So um, you might have to do that twenty times, but you'll have 20 most important job interviews that you go after. And I'll, I'll guarantee you, if you start getting those types of numbers, you're going to be able to choose between uh, multiple job offers when it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, so do you guys, I mean, I guess part of this is probably helping them figure out what it is that they're looking for as well. Is that right? Part of the career planning portion? Yes. Um, so that it, it's one thing to put a career plan in place and kind of say, I, I'd love to be a software programmer. Here are the steps that that you take to be to become a software engineer. Uh, and then a piece of that might be, but I only want to work for Microsoft because I heard John <laughs> Browning works there and that's an awesome place if he was there. Right. But, uh, you know, so you can you we teach them and we actually in part of our LinkedIn Uh, modules that we have out there is we teach them how to very specifically search for jobs that they are interested in and at the same time they're qualified to do. And so, you know, there there are tools and practices and um, part of our success measures for the program are that we want to have all of our students should have job interviews lined up uh, by the time they go through our full 14-week program. And stuff. So teaching them how to do that, and 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 uh, we have worksheets for them to track all the jobs that they interview for, um, with reminders to follow up if they haven't heard from someone, and to always write down some key fact that they have about their recruiter or manager that they're interviewing with. So it, it all kind of goes back to personalizing your interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, do you ever find that, uh, like some of your mentors, do they end up hiring the mentees into their, their companies? We have lots of opportunities, lots of, I mean, lots of success stories, um, exactly like that. Um, interesting. Just, yeah. One right off the top of my head was that a student that I actually trained through the orientation. So setting expectations with him. Uh, he very specific right out of the gate stated he wanted an HR position at Amazon, nothing else. That was his, 
I mean, at least he knew exactly what he wanted to do. We paired him up with a, a mentor, not from Amazon, but who had very strong ties with them. And by the time they hit session seven, he had a job offer for a, an HR position in Amazon. It was an entry level position, was going to start after he graduated. Wow. And, you know, so that's that's one of like the 700 mentorships that we have going right now. But there are lots of success stories like that. I love that. That is so great. So I know that um, a lot of our listeners, they're going to love the, the idea behind GMI. Um, how do they get involved if they if they want to they want to jump on board with this? Yeah, Nancy, uh, we, we're just first of all, I'm just grateful to you for giving us an opportunity here to, to come on and, and tell your listeners about this. Uh, we would love to have them be mentors. Uh, we are, uh, we work with nine colleges in the United States, uh, 22 locations worldwide. Uh, and I, I mentioned before we do, uh, when we chatted earlier, we do some work with refugees in the refugee camps. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll just say a minute uh, about that. We're just so fortunate to be partnering with Southern New Hampshire University uh, in this space. Uh, they ask us to provide mentorship to, her, to their students who are refugees that actually live in eight refugee camps uh, in wow. Kenya, Malawi, Rwanda, and Lebanon, and South Africa. And, you know, there's millions of people that have had to flee their homeland just to be safe. And uh, our students, um, you know, they have, uh, they, they have, all of them have a personal story of difficulty to tell. And I'm reminded, you know, one of our students in Rwanda who uh, lost both of his parents uh, with the violence in the Congo. And so he and his two younger siblings uh, are living now in, uh, in, in a re refugee camp in Rwanda, and they've been there several years. And he's the Southern New Hampshire is giving him this opportunity for a scholarship. They give him a laptop and an opportunity to make a better life for themselves. And so uh, that this is it's just a great program from SNHU and we're glad to be part of it. We we've, we've got about 150 refugee students in the program now and that grows to about 500 by the end of this year. Uh, and there there are opportunities for them. I mean obviously it's a very difficult different job market than than what we see on average. Yeah. But, but we do make uh, we give them the same training uh, and uh, guidance and mentors and it's it's just been wonderful. So, so uh, for, um, as I said, we'd love to have anybody listening be a mentor uh, for a student in the United States or in uh, Jamaica and Senegal, uh, Sri Lanka, around the world, Africa. Um, we'll have, uh, we hope to have another 800 to 1,000 mentorships uh, to match this year, the rest of the year. Um, and just to re you know, reiterate, it's, it's not a forever commitment. It's, it's 14 one-hour sessions once a week by video conference. And, and, and it's a way, you know, it's it's a moment for us to give back a little bit, and at, and we we try to make it as easy as possible for you to do that. So so actually, your listeners can learn more about the program at globalmentorship.org. So globalmentorship, all one word, dot org, mm -hmm. or feel free to contact Chad or myself uh, directly on LinkedIn. We're glad to connect with you. Excellent. Well, I'm so glad that you put in uh, that information about the refugees. I mean, that is that is just a, an amazing um, part of the program uh, um, that that you guys obviously um, help help with. Um, but uh, before we take off, do you guys have any final um, thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, I would I'll leave. 
I'll leave one and then John, sorry, talking over <laughs> each other, uh, kind of to your question about how do they get started? And number one, I'm going to reiterate that it's so easy to be a mentor. Um, there's an application process on globalmentorship.org, a little button in our upper right-hand corner that says, be a mentor. It probably takes three minutes to fill out the application. Mm -hmm. uh, we receive that uh, into our system. And there's only a couple of steps that you need to do after that. We'd like for you to, to watch an online video of exactly what you'll be getting into. And, and we share with you um, the full set of resources to make you be uh, just an absolute professional mentor with the student. Yeah. And then, uh, so we have mentors that from start to finish, when they sign up to be a mentor, we have them matched and working with a student um, sometimes within 24 hours. So it is very easy to become a mentor and we're always here to help and assist all along the way. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I think that's, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> All right, great. Well, um, awesome. And thank you guys uh, so much uh, for joining me. But of course, before we uh, sign off, I want to leave our listeners with our digital marketing tip of the day. So how is your CRM doing? And I don't mean the physical product like SharpSpring or HubSpot. I mean, all that data that you have stored about your audience, when was the last time you organized it? Whatever tool you're using, and hopefully that is not a spreadsheet on, the, on your desktop, you have some powerful processes available to help you understand your audience better and to better connect with them. But what's required is your time to segment your audience. When you organize your audience, you ensure that you're sending people the marketing campaigns that are most relevant to them. Improve your overall engagement in what you're sending and segment your audience. It, has, it also has the indirect effect of improving your reputation as a valid resource for people. So get on it. Happy segmenting. A huge thank to, thanks to my guests today, John Browning and Chad Fuller from the Global Mentorship Initiative. You can find them at globalmentorship.org. Please make sure to follow us, subscribe, and like us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find this episode and previous shows along with contact information for all our guests and for me on our website at digitalconnections.us. Have a great week and tune in next time for another amazing digital connection for your business. Thank you.